Turn to 1 Timothy chapter number 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 tonight. First Timothy chapter 4. And we'll look at the first several verses. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh especially that in the latter times some shall go from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meat, that's not me, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer, if thou Put the brethren in remembrance of these things. Thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. In our text tonight, verse 7. But refuse profane old wise fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for all you've accomplished. Thank you the resurrection of your dear son, Jesus Christ. Because you live, we can face tomorrow. Thank you for all you've done. I pray, God, that you would be glorified in everything that's said tonight. Speak to our hearts. Do what I cannot do. Speak to the hearts of people. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Of course, here tonight, we're talking about the Apostle Paul writing to younger Timothy, not a young man. He is a pastor. He's not a novice. He's a son in the faith. And the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, of course, Paul writes this letter uh, from Macedonia about 63, 62, 63 A.D. The purpose of this, especially this passage of Scripture, is to instruct Timothy on the importance of being an excellent minister. The importance of being a good minister. Timothy was the pastor of the church of Ephesus. There were doctrinal error in the church. So Timothy was sent to correct the error and to, and to shepherd the flock of God. As I mentioned, the text first this, this evening is 1 Timothy 4, 7, but refuse profane and old wise fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. What is he saying? Say, Timothy, don't listen to myth. Don't listen to fake news. Don't listen to hearsay. Don't listen to the drama. Don't listen to the rumor mill. Don't listen to gossip. Don't listen to whisperers. Don't listen to talebearers. But rather than all that stuff, what doesn't amount to anything, give thyself, exercise thyself, rather unto godliness. Wow. Good words for a minister. Good words for a church member, too. Good words. I want to talk about tonight the sinister sin of cynicism. The sinister sin of cynicism. I looked up the word cynicism. What is it? What is a cynic? Someone who's typically negative. Someone who's critical or scornful of the motives of others. Someone who shows contemptuous mockery. This sin is especially enticing for those with high intelligence. That counts me out right there. 
he goes on to instruct Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.16, Take heed to thyself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing so, doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Again, he's saying to Timothy, examine yourself. Discipline yourself. Stay alert. Exercise thyself unto godliness. What does it mean to be a cynic? Maybe you're not getting what I'm saying to you. So in the spirit of the YouTube video, it's Friday, but Sunday is coming. Let me explain it to you this. The preacher is preaching, and you're a-sleeping. Holiness, you ain't a-keeping. It's Sunday, but Monday is coming. Your words are a-hating. You can't stop belly aching. Christianity, you're a-faking. It's Sunday, but Monday is coming. People are dying, going to hell. And crying, giving the gospel out, you're not even trying. It's Sunday, but Monday is coming. When you and I go from being sad to getting mad, we start acting bad. The thrill is gone. The thrill is gone. I'm going to ask you to participate with me a little bit tonight because I know it's been a long day for many of us here tonight. When I point to you, I want you to say to me, The thrill is gone. Let's try it. All right, that's good. Now listen to me. What do I mean by being a cynic? In your personal life, the sin of cynicism will cause you not to listen to the man of God because you've heard this man of God so many times before. It will cause you to quit reading your Bible, quit praying because you think it does not work. You will stop witnessing, stop passing out gospel tracts, stop bus calling, stop going to the nursing home, Your focus will become on the now instead of the eternal. You'll say to yourself, I thought this Christian life was about about having fun, fun, fun. This is too much work. Ladies, you say to yourself, I'm supposed to submit to that beast? Have you seen him sleep? Have you seen him eat? I thought I was marrying marrying Prince Charming. What happened to that suave, debonair man that I married? He's Conan the Barbarian. The Bible says, Ephesians 5.22, Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as unto the Lord. Colossians 3.18, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, you may say, I thought I was marrying Bella the Beautiful. At home, she acts like the wicked witch of the West. What what happened to that sweet, sensitive young lady I married? She's a lizard with a hairdo. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Colossians 3.19, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. You're a teenager, and you say, do you know what my parents, how my parents act at home or when I'm away from church? I can hear them arguing from the other side of the house. Do you know what they talk about? Do you know who they talk about? Do you know what they listen to on those headphones? Do you know what they watch on TV? Me? Obey them? Honor them? They're the worst hypocrites in the church. The, cynic, the cynical teenager says, I wanted the Brady Bunch. I got nap nightmare on Elm Street. 
The Bible says, Ephesians 6.1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Wow. You see, folks, reality is Christianity becomes simply an academic exercise when you and I are in the snare of cynicism. Bad things happen to you and I when we believe spiritual maturity is defined by knowing and not being. Did you get that? When we, when we think spiritual maturity is all about knowing and not being. Yeah, man, it's wonderful for us to memorize scriptural passages books of the Bible, to know the Ten Commandments, to know the Ten Plagues. But what about kindness, compassion, mercy, forgiveness, love, patience, gentleness, long-suffering, which I hear is the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Man, every one of those bus kids out there, they're not projects or problems, but people who need the Lord. The folks you see on visitation are not potential customers, but people who need Jesus. The widows we minister to in the, in the nursing home are not units of property, but people who need the Lord. Brothers and sisters, what do you do when the thrill of gone? Well, you can start singing, The pearly white city. <laughs> you can sing, and sometimes you need to sing. That's a good thing. But sometimes you just got to go back to the old book. One of the passages of scriptures is always encouragement to me. When I'm struggling in a lot of areas of life, especially the area of cynicism, is Revelation chapter 3 and verse 14. Jesus words to the church of Laodicea. He, he writes, And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true. The beginning of the creation of God, I know thy works. And Jesus knows your works. I know thy works. Thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment thou mayest be clothed that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eyes have thou mayest see. Verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. What's the remedy? What's the remedy for the sin of cynicism? First thing is you have to recognize you're wrong. That's hard to do, isn't it? Because our pride often keeps us from admitting our own problems. Thank God for the preacher. Thank God for the people in our lives who love us enough to tell us the truth. Who are the people in your life? And every one of us need them. Who are the people in our lives who love us enough to tell us the truth? Oh, thank God for those folks. No flattery. 
No buttering up. They just say, I love you enough to tell you the truth. Job of a dad, job of a, of a wife, job of a mom, job of a parent is sometimes just to say, kid, you're going the wrong way. You're, doing, you're going the, down the wrong path. You, you got to stop. You, you got to quit. You got to go the right way. Sometimes the job of a wife, lovingly submit in submission, say, husband, are you thinking about the direction you're going? I'm praying, I'm praying for you. Sometimes a husband saying to a wife. Sometimes a grandparent saying to a grandchild. Sometimes it's just speaking the truth, but speaking it in love. Recognize your serious sin, the sin of cynicism. You see, these folks in Laodicea, they were lukewarm. They were tepid. Laodicea was situated between two cities. One city had its hot springs. The other had its cold mountain stream. Laodicea had lukewarm water. Visitors not being used to the water would spit the water out. Jesus says, I would rather you be cold or hot. That kind of, that's, that, that kind of strikes me. He says, Jesus said, I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm. I notice in the New Testament, Jesus saves harlots and thieves. But the religious rulers, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he rejects them. And his hardest preaching is to the folks who should have known better. But they didn't do that. They didn't receive the harlots, the whores, and the thieves. Wow. Recognize your spiritual condition. Because it's so easy to be self-deceived. It says they are rich, increased with good, and need of nothing. Pastor David Wilkins said the main alcohol in our society, the sedative that most people drink from today is prosperity. And the Christians indulge freely at this drink. It goes on to say they're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked. So, some, so saying what you are and saying what you really are are sometimes totally different, right? He tells us not totally to repent, but to receive God's counsel. If I'm going to change the direction of my life, who am I now going to listen to? If I'm going to put away the old wise fables, am I going to put away the myth? If I'm going to put away the, the, the half-truths, the lies, what am, I going to, what am I going to receive? Well, he says, receive of me gold which is tried in the fire, that which is precious, that which is permanent. Instead of focusing on the fluff, focusing on that which will matter forever. Exercise thyself unto godliness. You want to exercise? I'll give you some exercise. Get in this book and exercise a little bit. Hey, get that prayer letter on Wednesday at night and exercise on your knees a little bit. Go out there and help the poor let pastor preach a little bit. Go out on one of these bus routes a little bit. Go to the nursing home and minister to the nursing home folks a little bit. There's all types of exercise. And that exercise will matter one billion years from now. The exercise that we did this morning showing up at that beach, it's going to matter forever. Wow. That's great exercise. That's great exercise. And when you get done, you're like, wow. Thank God the Lord allows me to do this. What a See, godliness with contentment is great, man, great gain. He says, buy of me gold tried in the fire, white raiment, purity, 
holiness, the beauty of God's holiness, all of holiness, all of God's holiness compared, all of our holiness compared to his holiness is just dingy gray. Hey, buy of me gold tried in the fire. Put on, instead of being naked, put on the white raiment. Put on me. What a beautiful thing to see a bride dressed in white down here getting ready to get married. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing it was for me over 20 years ago to look up and see my future bride, Angie Goosey and Richard Goosey, coming down the aisle, and I get to, got to meet her right there, and I got to, gotten to spend 20 years getting to know this wonderful woman. What a blessing she's been to my life. He says, put on that purity, because that's going to matter. He says, put on the eye salve. John 9, 39, Jesus said, For judgment I have come in the world, that, thou, that they which see not might see, and that which and they which see might be made blind. This morning I was down at the beach, and there's a guy I saw shuffling away, and I looked up, and it was a guy I called the Iceman. He used to sit right back there. He used to work at Jermaine Arena a lot of times, at the hockey arena, and now he's legally blind, can't even drive himself to church. I went up there, and Gave him a hug and said, Ice man, I miss you. You know, it's one thing sad to be blind, but to be spiritually blind is so much worse. How sad it is for so many folks to walk around this world thinking they're okay, but really they're caught up in the sins of life in this world. The sins of cynicism, critical spirit. Jesus says, put on the eye salve. And thirdly, not only, not only see yourself and and recognize your own spiritual condition, receive God's counsel. He says to you, repent. That's the remedy. Hey, I have to recognize where I'm wrong. I have to receive the counsel from God. Listen to what God has for me. And then I need to repent. I need to see the, the wickedness of my way and say, this is wrong. I need to go a different direction. And he says, I love you. I love you. I rebuke you and chasten you. If you don't, if you don't repent, I'm going to have to up the ante on you. Chasten is a hard word. Rebuke is a hard word. But thank God for the chastening and the rebuke of the Lord because it helps change our lives. Oh, when's the last time you got a good old-fashioned whipping from God? God gives the best whippings, doesn't he? You see, the Bible talks about in the Hebrews chapter 12 that after that chastening, after that rebuking, that rebuking, it, give, it, it gives us the peaceable fruit of righteousness. And that's what we need. What's the purpose of us disciplining our kids? That ultimately we will see the peaceable fruit of righteousness from right decisions because we've corrected them in a proper manner. He says, repent, and once again, get your gaze upon God. Hey, Timothy, there's lots of things out there Lots of words, lots of struggles you're going to have as a minister there in the church of Ephesus. A lot of hearsay, a lot of fake news, a lot of, a lot of seducing spirits, a lot of things that, that people want to, going to pull you this way and pull you that way. Going to hear a lot of hearsay, going to hear a lot of things that, that may be true, may not be true. Stick to godliness. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, these have allured my sight. Take the high road. It's easy in life to take the low road, isn't it? It's easy to focus on those things that won't matter at all in life. That's easy to do. That's, that's common for us to do. That's, that's what our flesh wants to do. 
by the grace of God, may we get our eyes off of this life and on the life that is the next life so that we can help other people, encourage one other people, see other people encouraged, strengthened, helped, renewed so that their faith can be helped in their lives. Oh, God would give us the grace to do these things. Came across little bit of the history of that wonderful song, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, Tune My Heart to Sing Thy Grace. Strings of mercy, never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Summarize, there was a man by the name of Robert Robertson. He was a wild man in his youth. Did a lot of crazy things like a lot of us. But by the grace of God, he got to hear George Whitfield. He came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ one day on a sermon by by George Winfield. He became a pastor. In 1757, he wrote that wonderful hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Later in life, he began to wonder from the Lord. He began, he began to get disappointed with God. And sometimes in life, we get disappointed with Him, and that can cause us to be cynical too, right? It can cause us to get down when maybe you're not feeling so well. Or maybe you've heard bad news after bad news after bad news. I was on spring break and I was looking forward to, to, to getting some this flooring done for my wife. Got a little money back from our taxes. And I, it was already spent before I even got in the bank account. She said, I know it's either going on the floor or going on your Harley. So it was going on the floor. That was done. It was done. So, okay, we're going to get the flooring done. Call up my dear brother, Brian Cronin. He's going to help me put it down. Go to a store, I won't say which, I'll tell you later if you really want to know. Well, I go to a store to get the flooring, <clears throat> I need 400 square feet. I say to the man, the flooring, I'm, I need 400 square feet. He says, okay, you need 12 boxes. 12 boxes, I said, okay, order them for me. Give me everything I need. A few, five, five or six days later, the boxes come in. I set a time, Brother Brian and I, he's putting it down. I'm helping him. We're putting it down, putting it down, putting it down. He says to me, hey, I think we're going to be short. I said, no, those guys are professionals at that store. They surely got it right. There's no way they're going to mess up. They were short. They were short 100 feet. I went back to them. I went to the store. I said, hey, well, I need three more boxes, four more boxes. They say it's in the computer. I said, where is it at? We can't find it. So they said, there's 13 boxes in Cape Coral. I said, guess what? I'm going to Cape Coral. So I get in my car. I go all the way to Cape Coral. They said, there's 13 boxes somewhere in this store. They said, guess what? We can't find them. I go all the way back to Estero because I don't believe anything these people are saying to me now. Because I said they had three. They didn't have three. They said 13. They didn't have 13. So I don't believe anything. I go and order four more boxes. I said, I'm going to order four more boxes. They said, okay, order four more boxes. They'll be here in a week. I said, great. I go a week later. I said, where's the boxes? We never ordered them. We never ordered them. There are no boxes to be ordered. They're completely out. And you're not getting your flooring until mid-May. The thrill is gone. <laughs> So I said, you know what, hey, I'm just going to go buy a Harley Davidson. Somebody's got to have a thrill. <laughs> so so we, 
I, I, I look on Craigslist, go up to Cape Coral. This guy has a Harley Davidson for sale. My wife, my wife goes in there and talks to the, his wife, and I'm out there admiring the bike and looking at it. She goes in there, and on her way home, she says, wow. I said, what? She said, you wouldn't believe what they've gone through. I said, what do you mean? These Christian folks, these Christian folks had an accident with their daughter when she was five years old. She's over 30 years old now. She's still been in nursing home for 10 years. My little bit of trouble is nothing. I can't even, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Robert Robertson was riding in a stagecoach with a young woman who did not know who he was. But quoted from the hymn, Come Thou Fount. He replied, Madam, I am the poor and happy man who wrote that hymn many years ago. And I would give a thousand worlds if I had them to enjoy the feelings I had. It is said she responded by telling him, Sir, the streams of mercy are still flowing. The streams of mercy are still flowing. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Is the thriller gone? Is the thrill gone? Have you given yourself up to the sin of cynicism? Father, we thank you for your word and your love and your mercy and your grace. Thank you for dying on the cross so we could have everlasting life. No peace, no joy, no thrill like walking in your will. Maybe tonight there's someone in this room, Christian, saved, on their way to heaven, but maybe because of troubles, maybe because of pain, maybe because of disappointment with God, I don't know. But whatever the issue, whatever the problem, you find yourself cynical, critical, complaining, negative. Not just once in a while, not just every once in a blue moon, but on a continual basis. Oh, dear brother or sister in Christ, I beg you tonight, I beg you tonight, repent, recognize where you're wrong, get God's remedy, get back with God, repent, change, before God has to, in His grace and His love, do more, rebuke or chasten. Spirit of a living God, fall fresh on us, speak to us, help us, do what we must do, what we need to do tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand to our feet. If you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.